Hello and welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we discover what helped them in their career, how they stay sharp, and their tips for managers to get the best from their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the co-founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a great leader by learning from others. One of the things that really came out for me was just how amazing musicians are in terms of their ability to work on a stage as an ensemble. And yet those qualities are not always translated into the ways they work together at a human level within an organisation. Professor Helena Gaunt is Principal of the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, the National Conservatoire of Wales. She began her career as a professional oboist before moving into academia. She then transitioned into strategic leadership roles, serving as Vice Principal and Director of Innovation at London's Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Here, she pioneered the use of coaching to boost creative output, a practice she continues to develop in her current role. In this episode, we discuss the discipline of presence, the culture and practice of ensemble working, and why we should all be paying more attention to the ways in which we breathe. Hi, Helena. Thank you so much for joining me for this manageable conversation. Thank you so much, Farley. It's a real pleasure. To start off, I'd love to get your take on the transition you've made from Guildhall in London to your current role in Cardiff. One of the things that really helped me make the decision was an excitement about moving away from a metropolis, away from London, to a small nation. Compared with the culture within London, certainly in my sector, where you know a number of big institutions, all very competitive, and where it's quite difficult to really understand where is your patch and how do you focus and make distinctive what your purpose is compared with the other institutions. And so I was attracted to a real sense of this being a time in the wider world for being less London-centric, more invested in other parts of the country. And I knew that being in a small nation, I would be closer to the political decision-making and the way that strategy evolves. It would be easier, in a sense, to be a part of that, to become a part of that. And I was really attracted to the institution itself, which has had an extraordinary reputation, particularly in its drama side, for being of very high quality and very innovative. And when I first started to visit as part of the interview process, what I quickly came to understand was that there was a very special sense of a creative community here, a real openness to the creative process, to collaboration, and a great sense of possibility. Have you a sense of what style of leader you are or they get I'll have a go at that. It's probably incredibly inaccurate, inevitably. I definitely think that I am a leader who wants to work with others and with a team and to enable and to empower the collective wisdom and collective creativity of the institution. I'm constantly curious for the ideas that people might come up with, the ways in which they might contribute or be able to think differently. And I hope that I give some clarity to that vision in ways that then open the space for people to find their ways to make it come alive, 
to take us on the journey to that vision in all sorts of exciting and unpredictable ways. I hope also that I'm a leader who is wholehearted. I hope I'm someone who does bring all of myself. It feels to me as though it's really important to translate that wholeheartedness of the stage to leadership of the organization. So I hope that I show up with all of myself. It's not always easy, but that balance of being present, connecting with people, finding shared ground, a shared level where you can exchange in an authentic and a genuine way, in a way that is open to, really listens to other people. And also, I hope, create something of a playful dialogue, that sense of play in the conversation that you can have is, is important to me. I don't always manage it well, but it feels important. And I hope that I'm a leader who will give time to people, will actually give time to listening to what they need to say or want to say, and not just to listen, but to hear and to take things in and think about them. Can I put you on the spot and ask you what, if anything, you definitely are still working on and feel you need to be better at or stronger at? Yes, without question. I can still become defensive. If I'm really challenged, I can find myself wanting to defend myself or to answer back before really thinking, before really taking the time to take on board a perspective. I'm definitely someone who probably overworks. I find it hard to let go of my work. I'm incredibly invested in it and I don't always get that work-life balance terribly well set. And I'm really conscious about how much people are reading you all the time when you are Mm. in the top leadership position. And there's such a huge opportunity to set the tone from all perspectives in what you do. And I think also I'm someone, and I think this probably comes a lot from my performing background. I will always look for the things that need to be improved, where the mistakes have been made, and attend to those. And I won't always spend enough time celebrating the successes. And lastly, I would say, and maybe it's particularly at the moment when, you know, the world is dark and a lot of things are very complicated and difficult and unpredictable. I'm still very much working on short, clear messages, things that Mm. can really land easily with people. Have you managed to be present when you've been dropped into organizational leadership? It's a really good question, Farley. And I think my answer is practice, practice, practice. And actually remembering to translate what I know as a musician and bring it to the organizational context. So I often catch myself, you know, when you're in a bit of a rush and I need to go down the corridor because I'm late for something and I pass by someone and barely see them. There's a huge difference between that and actually just taking that moment to connect with someone, to acknowledge each other in passing, or even to say something. That thing of being present to whatever is happening, it's fundamental to a musician's, a performer's practice as a whole. So I would say even practicing alone in a room, there's a real need to have an awareness and a presence to the space that you're in and to be listening to the sound that you're making and responding. And so there is an intensity as a performer that we learn and a discipline of presence, which 
I want to try and translate into that organizational practice. And, and I think one of the really interesting things about it is that is just how much in the end it comes back to a question of breathing. So typically I will notice if I do that thing of walking down the corridor and missing someone, being in my own space and not being present, my breath will be constricted. It will be high up, it will be fast, all of those things. Whereas if I'm actually more centered and my breathing is deeper and it's slower and it's fuller, I've got a much better chance of being present as I walk down the corridor. And I think it's one of the things about Zoom and Teams and all those digital platforms that becomes much more difficult in terms of presence because we don't read, it's much harder to read each other's breathing. So is, is there a suggestion there from you that we can synchronize? Definitely. We read each other's breathing all the time subconsciously. And certainly something I've learned as a coach is that actually just tuning in to a client's breathing is often a very good way of checking in in terms of rapport or also just inquiring into what's going on here when I'm aware that others are breathing, are in a good place, or equally to help a room in a moment of real tension and anxiety, just that sense of breath can change, can shift the dynamic quite considerably. You co-authored an article which made reference to ensembles of possibility, and it was in your context was orchestras. And I guess our context for the purpose of this conversation is organisations and those that play a part in orchestrating outcomes. The phrase ensembles of possibility comes from the conductor and composer Pierre Boulez. And he saw the orchestra as an ensemble that had all kinds of possibilities in terms of its sound worlds and the kinds of music that it could create. He was coming at it from a very strongly creative perspective. He was wanting to suggest the orchestra as an ensemble is not just one thing, one fixed idea. It doesn't have to sound one particular way, but it's got myriad possibilities in terms of what it can do. And I found that very exciting as an idea artistically, but also organizationally, because I was responding to that phrase when I was doing some research about orchestral culture. And one of the things that really came out for me was just how amazing musicians are in terms of their ability to work on a stage as an ensemble, coordinating with each other, responding to each other, supporting one another, working playfully and energetically with one another. And yet, those qualities are not always translated into the ways they work together at a human level within an organization. It's inspired me quite a lot and informed me quite a lot through my working life because in conservatoires, we have very large communities of staff. So we might have a core community of full-time staff, but then three times more again in terms of people who are joining for a few hours a week to do some teaching. And whenever I step back and really thought about these organizations, knowing who these artists are as well, who come and teach for us and what they're doing, 
I've always had that sense of, oh my goodness, there is such expertise here. There is such creativity in all of these people. How do we think of ourselves then within a conservatoire as an ensemble and even more an ensemble of possibilities? So I often talk about the culture and practice of ensemble working. And can we remind ourselves about how we do this artistically and bring those qualities also to the organizational process? How do you cope with the stresses and strains of the role you have? Well, if I knew the answers to that, <laughs> I wouldn't have the problem, right? So, so I'm not going to come up with great, complete answers here. I mean, I know that a really strong sense of daily practice makes a huge difference. So I am someone who meditates every day. I am someone who does a little bit of yoga or a little bit of running pretty much every day. And I think I would say all of that work for me is about helping me to come into myself and to be embodied, to feel the breath, to feel the stillness. Something else that helps me a lot is being very clear about my sense of purpose. And the more that I understand the overarching purpose of the institution, but then my particular purpose, and then try and just test things against that purpose. Is this thing that I'm thinking about doing, does that really fulfill this core purpose? Or is it something that is an optional extra and therefore I should say no? So I'm trying to get better at saying no to things. No question also that in many ways, my family helps enormously in making sure that I don't spend all the time working. The flip side of that is spend pretty much all my time working or looking after my family. And there's not a whole lot apart from that. But I think having that, having family, having a different set of people to attend to who aren't particularly interested in my work or the institution where I work is very, very healthy. I think I'm getting better at being aware when I'm coming closer to my limits, when I'm pushing too hard. So I'm starting to understand the warning signals better. And then having the courage to say to myself, okay, there's a warning sign. Pay attention. Actually take some downtime to recharge because you won't be making your best decisions without having that wholeheartedness available to you and feeling well. Well, on that note, thank you for a really great conversation. If you enjoyed this manageable conversation, there are many other perspectives we offer our community of managers worldwide who coach and individuals from all walks of life who benefit from being coached. That's all from me. I'm Farley Thomas. Until next time.